Hello Inverness Vineyard Church, it's so good to be here. My name is Bob and I'm uh, married to Helen. We've got two beautiful kids and um, we're part of the team at HTB, Holy Trinity Brompton, which is a church in London. Um, and this isn't actually the first time that I've been to Inverness. In fact, I've been to Inverness before. I've uh, celebrated Hogmanay there once. It's an amazing place. Uh, actually, my grandfather, he went to school just outside Inverness. And a lot of my family grew up just down the road, um, down the A9 a little bit. So it's great to be here. And just before I start, I, I need to say that Thomas and Mary are two of the best pastors you could ever dream of having. Uh, they're the most kind, generous, humble, uh, fun, amazing people. And you guys are in super safe hands at the moment. And I know at the moment that you're talking a little bit, you're starting a series uh, looking at Matthew 5, where uh, Jesus uses the words that you'll be like a city on a hill. It's almost like something distinctive. Christians are to be something distinctive, set apart. They've got these distinctive marks. And Eugene Peterson, in his uh, translation of Matthew 5, uses the phrase that we're going public with this thing. And to go public with something means that it is distinctive. There are these marks that make us distinctive. And the mark, the thing that we're looking at today, is generosity, being generous. And our reading today, our Bible passage, is from Philippians 4, 10 to 19. And Paul wrote this. Paul was responsible for lots of the growth in modern day, lots of the church growth in modern day Turkey. Um, and he writes this from prison. Um, so this is Philippians 4, 10 to 19. If you've got a Bible or a device, you might want to look it up. Philippians 4, 10 to 19. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it means to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desired your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and I have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Generosity Giving is an essential part of being a Christian disciple. It's an essential part of following Jesus. Being generous with everything that we've got is an essential part of following Jesus. And I know what you might be thinking. Oh, it's it's giving talk. He's going to sign us up to some pyramid scheme. It is a cult after all. Well, don't worry. There's lots of different ways to be generous. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, the person who's responsible in a way for, for your church, said that there's three brilliant ways to give. 
time, energy and money. You might also be thinking, what on earth has someone whose family are from Scotland and who's got a northern accent got to teach us about giving? Well, don't worry. These aren't my thoughts. The Bible has loads to say on giving. Giving is important to God. Did you know that there are 500 verses in the Bible on prayer? There are 500 verses in the Bible on faith. And there are 2,350 verses in the Bible on money and possessions. 16 of Jesus' 38 parables are on this topic. John 3.16 says this, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And this area of giving is important. Why? Because God loves you. He passionately cares about you. And because he loves us, he gave his son for us. And our response of generosity is out of that. It's because God gave to us that we can give to him and to others. And we'll talk a little bit about money today because finance reveals where the heart is. If you look at your bank account, you can tell where your heart is. If you look at my bank account, you would say, wow, he really loves coffee. And I do. I love coffee. And today we're talking about why to be generous. And there are five reasons to be generous, five reasons to give. And the first reason, the first reason to be generous is this. It's that being generous is an act of worship. Philippians 4.18 says this. Being generous is an act of worship. Philippians 4.18. It's a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. When you're generous with your money, but also your time, or your skills. It's an act that's pleasing to God. It's as if we're giving to God. And giving is a practical way that we put God at the top of our priority list. And that is a definition of worship, putting God at the top of our priority list. The idea of giving to God financially first came out of the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe of everything you have belongs to the Lord. The people of God from the very beginning practised giving. And you may not have heard this teaching before. You may be thinking, what is all this about giving, being generous? Well, you could, you could give this talk a title. It could be the Sermon of the Amount. But what this act of giving did to the people of God was that it gave them perspective. Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. All of the stuff that I own, all of the stuff that you own, it's not actually mine, it's not actually yours. It belongs to God. All of the stuff that we have belongs to God. And when the Israelites, when the people of God gave to him, they remembered that everything that they had belonged to God. They would realign their perspective, they would get their priorities sorted out. And in the same way, when you and I, when we give, especially to church, to God's family, we remember that everything that we have is God's. He is in control. 
worship involves putting your hand in your pocket as well as in the air. Giving, being generous, is an act of worship. It's the first reason to give. The second reason to give is that being generous releases blessing in your life. It releases blessing in your life. In Philippians 2, 4, in Philippians 4, 19, Paul says this. God will meet all your needs in Christ Jesus. Notice here that Paul says needs and not wants. We all have needs and wants, right? You need to eat to get energy. But you don't always need to eat the best river, spay, caught salmon to get that energy. This isn't about getting more good stuff. It's not about giving away so that we'll receive a financial blessing either. That would be what we call the prosperity gospel. When you give, you might receive a financial blessing, but you might also receive a different kind of blessing. It might be something relational or it may even be something spiritual. And we're often taught in the Bible not to put God to the test, but there's one area that we can test God in. In Malachi 3.10, uh, a prophet says, uh, says this, that God says this through a prophet, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Test me in this. God says, test me in this. It's said that you can't outgive God. And Jesus in Luke uh, 6.38 says this, give and it shall be given to you. You see, when you give, when you're generous, God will give you back and he'll meet your needs. And just one of the ways that God does this is by giving joy, by giving you joy. Harvard University did a study on what gives joy on, on, and they looked at spending habits and they found out that people who gave away money got 20% more joy than if they spent that exact same amount of money on themselves. And in the history of the church, Christians have been people who give, who give generously. But how much should we give? How much should we give away? Well, in the Old Testament, there were two kind of principles in place, two things that, Christ, that the followers of God would have done. There was the tithe, which was about 10%. That was to give away about 10% of annual income. And on top of that was the, something called a free will offering. And in the history of the church, 10% has been a helpful kind of guideline, a helpful baseline. But the early church had this thing that they used to do where they said, oh, no, 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 but we are free. We don't want to be constrained by these rules in the Old Testament. We, we don't want to be told how much we should have to give away. And they weren't. In fact, they gave away more than 10% of what they had. And as you read the New Testament, you can see that this small group of followers of Jesus were the most joy-filled people on the planet. And today it's the same for you and for me when we give away, when we give away money, time, skills, we receive a blessing. It produces a blessing in our lives. The third reason to give, the third reason to give is that it releases a blessing in other people's lives. In our reading, verse 13, Paul says this, it was good of you to share in my suffering. When Paul writes this, he's writing from prison. He's actually on death row. And the thing about death row at that time 
was that if you couldn't pay for food, if people weren't giving you money for food, you would starve. You wouldn't get any food. And the Christians that Paul was writing to here were giving money so that Paul could eat, so that Paul would survive, so that Paul would be blessed. And throughout history, Christians have given so that they can bless others. And there are times when giving, it's not just about a little top up just to make someone feel a bit better. There are times when giving is a matter of life or death. In the Roman Empire, two great pandemics hit um, in, in the time of the early church, two great pandemics. And people would flee out of the cities. They would flee from these pandemics. But the Christians moved into the cities. They moved towards the pandemics and they gave everything that they have to serve the poor, to feed the poor, to care for those who are in need. And today, at the time of a global pandemic, Christians are called to be people who flee not away from the cities, not away from pandemics, but towards them, towards those in need and to give so that the poor and the hungry can be fed, so that those in need can be cared for. And I know that you at Inverness Vineyard Church, that you have been doing this very thing. You've been giving away. As some people might want to rein in their finances, you've been generous with yours. You've been spending money on the poor. You've been giving away money that you could have spent on Sunday services. You've been giving it away and other people are receiving a blessing. And for some people, it will be a matter of life or death. A little while ago, uh, my wife and I, Helen, we were part of another church, uh, another church in London. And this church was setting up a charity to uh, work with people who were in poverty, to give them a better uh, chance in life, to get them out of poverty and, and actually into employment. And uh, Helen and I, we felt that we should give to this charity. We felt like maybe we should give some money and we'd been given a bit of money. And we thought, well, maybe we should give some of this away to this to this charity. And so we prayed about it. And we felt like uh, the Lord was telling us to give a certain amount and we gave it away to this charity. We gave the money away. And we didn't really think much about it. And then we got an email saying, thank you so much for this bit of money. Um, um, it's helped us get up to our monthly operating costs and we were actually in danger of shutting down. We would have We would have closed if we hadn't had this money. If we hadn't given that money, people would have stopped. The people living in poverty would have stopped. Um, receiving this amazing service of getting them into employment. Giving releases a blessing in other people's lives. The fourth reason to give, the fourth reason to be generous is this. It's, it's the best long-term investment that you can make. In verse 15 in our reading, Paul says this, only you gave to me. And later on, he goes on to say, verse 17, not that I desired your gifts, but I only desired that more be credited to your account. At the time uh, this letter was written, there was uh, a really um, intense debt and repayment um, thing going on in the culture around them. Do you know how when we go out for a meal with 
people and or maybe for drinks nowadays and you have to pay at the end because of all the kind of covid secure uh, things that we have to do you know when you go out and um everyone has a few drinks and maybe maybe like bits of foods and and you get the bill at the end and and us us brits you know we're not actually that good at saying oh don't worry i'll pay for it or we'll just split it down the middle don't worry about it it's fine we we don't mind what you've eaten you 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 could have had the lobster don't worry and i i only had this the salad don't worry it's fine i'll pay your bit as well we'll just go in in it we'll just go halves we're not really like that are we we get the bill and we go through it with a fine tooth comb and if anyone pays um any more than what they owe that's just really weird you would never do that and if anyone pays any less than what they than what they they've eaten or drunk, um, we kind of ostracise that person from from seeing us ever again, really, don't we? Uh, we don't we don't associate with that person anymore. This this was very different. This culture It's kind of the opposite. People used to give and give and give, but not so that they could be kind or generous. It was so that they could exert power an influence over that person. It was a way of getting influence. It was called a patronage culture and it influenced the whole of society. It was built on this. And here Paul, he turns this whole thing on its head. He completely inverts the argument and he says that by giving the Philippians they aren't getting influence but they're getting credit in their account. So if anyone owes them when they give, it's not Paul, it's not anyone else, it's God. God owes them. They've got credit in the bank, the bank of God. In Matthew 6, 19, Jesus says this, Don't store up treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. If you invest in the right places, it will last. It will last. And one place that Christians can invest and will last forever is God's family. It's God's family. It's his kingdom. And his visible representation of his kingdom on earth is the church. And, you know, it's really good to give to other charities, to other good causes. Non-Christian causes, in fact. But lots of people will give to those charities. Lots of people will give to those causes. Do you know the only people who will really give to the church are its members, are the Christians? It's you and it's, it's me. And Jesus' kingdom, Jesus' church is is never ending it's unshakable it's eternal so why not invest in an unshakable eternal kingdom being generous is the best long-term investment that you can make and the fifth reason for giving the fifth reason to be generous is this it's that giving it sets you free it sets you free giving is a spiritual discipline it's something that we do to discipline ourselves 
And it's, also, it's almost like it's a way of pulling out thorns out of our lives. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says this, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And he, he means by saying mammon, he means like the, the power of money. You can't serve both God and the power of money. And going through life, it's really easy to find ourselves trapped by money, isn't it? It's really easy to find ourselves trapped by um, by all the influences, all the power that money can have over us. I don't know if you're anything um, like I used to be. Uh, there was this thing called Millionaire's Weekend where once a month you'd feel like a millionaire because your paycheck would come in when you get some money into your account. And then you'd somehow manage to spend loads of it on a weekend and you have no idea where it would go and then you find yourself just craving the next millionaire's weekend but there's plenty of other uh, subtle and not so subtle ways that money can get a hold on us it it could be clothes it could be shoes it could be alcohol it 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 could be gambling it could be debt and sometimes it's really important to seek out professional advice it's really important to talk to someone if you're struggling in any of these ways and if you if you feel like you should be giving but you are in debt and you feel like maybe you should be giving beyond your means then I just want to assure you that you should definitely think twice about giving and you should talk to someone about it but by being generous, we prove that we don't serve money, but that we serve God. And God gave to us to set us free. The act of giving was initiated by God. Who in Jesus Christ gave to us his only son so that we could be set free. And on the cross, Jesus stretched out his arms and he paid the penalty for all the wrongdoing that we've ever done and he set us free if we believe that he died for us if we believe that he rose to life if we believe that he gave us his spirit we're free we're free and we can be generous and all of this stuff kind of starts to make sense and and it means that we're marked with this thing of generosity it means people will notice if we believe all this stuff. People will notice that we're more generous. They'll notice it. It'll be like we've gone public with something. Shall we pray? <laughs>